0: Why does the church do that? Two-part series. We're starting this Sunday, and we're looking specifically this Sunday at baptism. Maybe that's something that has confused you some. Maybe you haven't grown up in church, or maybe you have grown up in church, and you've still got questions about baptism. I know there's a lot of different views out there on baptism. We're going to try to get as biblical as we possibly can in this. (laughs) Typically, there are two extreme beliefs about baptism. One belief is that it's almost magical, that there is no way whatsoever possible at all for you to get to heaven without baptism, that, that there's just something about that water that is almost magical. And some people believe that to such an extreme that they even baptized little babies, little babies that have met never made a decision to follow Jesus, never made a decision to turn from their sins and, and to be a part of God's family. They, they see it almost as if it's more important than Jesus. That's one extreme of baptism. Now, the other extreme of baptism is this. It's just a symbol. It's a it's a it's an outward sign of an inward faith. You hear that a lot. It's a it's a it's a public declaration or a public confession that you are a follower of Jesus. It's not a necessity, it's not essential, but it, it is important. But if you don't want to do it that's okay, but you probably should do it. And and so they just kind of have this other extreme. One extreme is, man, there's just something magical about those waters. The other extreme is, it's just a symbol just to let people know, I believe biblically, it is somewhere between those two extremes. And that's what we're gonna be looking at here this morning. (laughs) What is the biblical teaching of baptism? And when we answer that, what is the biblical teaching of baptism? When we answer that, we can answer the question, why does the church do that? Because as a church, we want to be biblical. We want to look at God's word and see what it says and follow that, obey that. And so let's look at this thing called baptism. Now in Acts chapter two, Peter stands up and he gives this this gospel message to a crowd of people. And it's just just the simple gospel that Jesus died for our sins. He died because of our sins so that we could spend eternity with him in heaven. At the end of that message, the people come to him and they say, what must we do? The old King James version says, what must we do to be saved? In other words, what's our response to this? All right, you've given us the message. You've given us the good news. How do we respond? And in verse 38 of Acts chapter 2, this is what it says. Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, let's keep that up there for just a minute because I want to look at this. First of all, this is Peter's response. When they come to him and they say, What must we do? Or what must we do to be saved? Peter, first of all, says, repent. That word repent means to make a 180-degree turnaround or to change your mind. In other words, make a hundred and eighty-degree turnaround in your mind. Okay? And so. If I am if I am heading to my left may look right on your screen. I don't know. But if I'm heading to my left and I repent of that direction, it means I turn my back on that direction and I walk to the right. That's what the word repent means. And Peter says, repent and be baptized. How many of you just just this part, or just that number, or just the man, or, or just the women. no, he says, be baptized, every one of you, if you're coming, wanting to know what you need to do in response to this message, this is it, repent, and be baptized, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, later on in the book of Acts, it talks about uh, baptism, washing our sins away, <laughs> Now, we're going to look a little deeper than that here in just a little bit. But Peter does say that every one of you repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So what's the re- what is the what happens when we repent and we are baptized in the name of Jesus Christ? Well, it says there, it's for the forgiveness of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, it's not that there's anything magical about that water. Okay, we've looked at that extreme. I don't believe that's a biblical uh, belief. But it is something more important than just something that's symbolic. Okay, it's more significant than that. It's more meaningful than that. Peter here is tying it in to the forgiveness of sins. Why? Not because of the power of the water. Okay, we're going to look at another passage here a little later that will clarify that a little more. But for now, just know that Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. So there's the forgiveness of sins. But then also you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. (laughs) The Holy Spirit at that point, when we come up out of the watery grave of baptism, the Holy Spirit, at least according to this verse, according to Peter, the Holy Spirit then takes up dwelling inside of us. We become the home of the Holy Spirit. We are the very temple of the Holy Spirit. And this happens primarily at the point of baptism. Now, let's look at another passage of scripture here in Galatians chapter three, verses 26 to 27. It says, so in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. Now let's look at this passage for a little bit. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. It's through our faith that we become children of God in Christ Jesus. Realize none of this means anything without Jesus. Not repentance, not baptism, not belief, not any of this has any meaning Outside of Jesus. When we when, when Peter said, repent and be baptized, he said to do it in the name of Jesus. Okay? And in this passage, it says, So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. How are we children of God? Is it just because of just because we have some kind of a belief? No. It's when we have that belief in Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. It's not a generic belief. It's not a belief, oh, yeah, I believe that God exists or I believe that God is love or I believe in all good things. No, it's belief in Christ Jesus. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. And then he goes on to say, for all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. (laughs) Notice that connection that Paul makes here. Paul wrote the Galatian letter. Notice the connection he makes between being baptized and being clothed, being baptized into Christ and being clothed with Christ. Notice the connection there. So in Christ Jesus, and not... Notice how, how, how many times does Paul mention Jesus there? And it's just a sentence, it's one sentence. So in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. All right, we cannot leave that out. It all comes back to Jesus. Again, none of this other stuff has any meaning whatsoever. There's nothing magical about baptism. There's nothing magical about any of this other stuff the power the power of all this is in Jesus it's in the death burial and resurrection of Jesus now we're going to we're going to take that even a step further in this next passage we're going to be looking quite a bit at this passage this morning this is 1 Peter chapter 3 verses 20 and 21 this is the one that um that we read Earlier, as we opened up the services, Joe read it to us and it kind of picks up. It's kind of odd the way this starts kind of picks up mid sentence here. But it says to those who were disobedient long ago, when God waited patiently in the days of Noah, while the ark was being built in it, only a few people eight in all. You ever wondered how many a few was? There's your answer. It's a in, it, in it. Only a few people eight in all were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Notice what it says there. This water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. It's not saying that baptism is the symbol. It's saying that the water that the ark was in is the symbol. That symbolizes baptism. What happened then with Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives that's the eight that were on the ark, and they were saved through the water. That water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Now, now when you see that, you go, but I thought you said that extreme wasn't biblical, that, that the water is kind of magical, that, that everything depends upon the water, the baptism. I did, and I want us to read on because I believe it, it, it shows us how that, that extreme Is not necessarily biblical. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. (laughs) Now listen to this last line. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptism is nothing without the resurrection of Jesus it is through the resurrection of Jesus that baptism has any meaning whatsoever. So why do, we, why do we do this? Why does the church do this? Well, because the Bible puts such importance on it. The Bible connects it with salvation. It connects it with the forgiveness of sins. It connects it with the receiving of the Holy Spirit. And for us to ignore baptism is to ignore these teachings of the Bible. But please don't misunderstand me. None of this has any meaning. I've said it over and over and over, and I'll say it over and over and over again before we're done this morning. None of this, baptism, faith, none of it has any meaning without the resurrection of Jesus. That is where the power comes into it. Now, I do want to talk a little bit about our mode of baptism that we do. We do. Um, baptisms by immersion, meaning that we dunk you all the way under the water. We don't sprinkle, we don't pour. I know some traditions do that. We don't do that. And the reason we do not is because the original word in the Greek baptizio meant to dip or to immerse. Matter of fact, that English word baptism or baptize is, is a made up word, (laughs) If it was directly translated, if it was was directly translated from what the word meant, then everywhere that you see the word baptize in the Bible, the literal translation should be immerse. John the baptizer should be John the immerser. And there are some translations out there that have translated it that way. But typically, we just see the word baptize. And the reason for that is because... When the King James version of the Bible was translated, there were some traditions already that were using sprinkling and pouring, and for them to translate that into English as the word immerse, they felt like it would have offended some of those groups. So, they made up an English word that sounded similar to the Greek word baptizio and we call it baptize. Now, there's your um there's your there's your Bible history lesson for the, for the morning. That is why we immerse, we dunk under and we're going to be looking here in a minute how you know it's, it's like it's like a burial in that. So that's why we immerse. All right, let's look at some questions surrounding baptism. First one is, what is the meaning of baptism? What is the meaning of baptism? Well, I think one of the best places that we see that, and we're going to be seeing it throughout. We've already looked at a little bit of that already. But one of the best places to look is in Romans chapter 6. The first few verses there in Romans chapter 6 gives us an an adequate meaning of of baptism and what it means. Look at what Paul writes here. Paul is writing. He just finished writing about grace. A lot of Romans is about grace. Look what he says here. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? By no means. We are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. Listen, baptism is both a burial and a birth. You're burying that old person. If you're putting to death that old person, because in Jesus, we are a new creation. You've heard people talk about being born again. That that connects directly to baptism. It is putting to death that old person. It is the burial. Because you see there, it says, don't you know that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? That's the death. But then it goes on to say, we were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the father, we too may live a new life. We're putting to death that old person. We come up a new creation. It is that rebirth. Baptism gives us the picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. In a sense, it is our death, burial, and resurrection in Jesus that takes place in baptism. Baptism shows us, it gives us the picture of our new life in Jesus. So there's a little bit about the meaning of baptism. Why should I? be baptized that's the next question we want to look at why should i be baptized (laughs) well first and foremost it is following the example of jesus in mark chapter 1 verse 8 it says at that time jesus came from nazareth in galilee and was baptized by john in the jordan if you look at the matthew uh, the gospel of matthew's account of this it says he was baptized to fulfill all righteousness. We are to walk in the footsteps of Jesus, okay? We are to follow his example. And if Jesus needed baptism in order to fulfill all righteousness, and he was perfect, surely we who are imperfect need baptism to fulfill all righteousness. And we're following the example set by Jesus. Another thing is that Jesus commanded it. In Matthew 28 verses 19 through 20, he says, therefore, this is Jesus talking here. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. Notice there again, everything we're talking about baptism has a connection to Jesus, even in following the example of Jesus. Jesus is talking here and he says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. How do we make disciples of all nations? Well, the first thing there is to baptize. them. When do you first become a disciple of Jesus? Apparently here it's through baptism. <laughs> we baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Can you bring that back up, please? Can't bring that back up. All right, don't don't go away with them Sorry. until we get it. But in that passage, it says that in order to make disciples, you go and baptize them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, and then teaching them to obey everything that He has commanded them. So listen, some of us get so caught up in baptism that it is all about baptism. And, and again, it, it may be those that are to that extreme that feel like baptism is this, this magical thing that happens. It is, that is where the power is. And we work hard to get somebody to make that decision to be baptized. And then we go, all right, we've got this one. Let's go on to another one. And we completely forget about the second half of the commission there to teach them everything that Jesus has commanded. That's that growth. That's that discipleship. It's that spiritual growth that we've been talking about this year. We have a responsibility as a church not only to baptize people, but also to teach them and to help them in that growth. We don't just let them fall by the wayside after we baptize. We want to work, we want to walk with them on this journey. And again, that's what Jesus taught. How do we make disciples? By baptizing them and then continuing to help them grow in their faith. All right. We've looked at the meaning of baptism. Um, We've looked at why um, we should be baptized. I feel like I'm leaving something out. Oh, yeah. Let's look at 1 Peter again. That's right. First Peter, chapter three, verses 20 and 21. Again, why should I be baptized? And it says, to those who were disobedient long ago, God when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. I'll leave that up for just a little minute. Let's look at this passage here. We've already kind of kind of dug into this passage a little bit already. But notice what it says there. It's not the removal of the dirt from the body. It's it's not like a, a ritualistic cleansing that has any meaning. That doesn't have any meaning whatsoever when it comes to baptism. What is it? It's this pledge of a clear conscience toward God. It's where you seal your commitment and you're making that pledge of a clear conscience toward God. God, I've done this. I'm turning my back on sin. I'm ready to follow you. I want to devote my life to you. Doesn't mean that you're perfect. Doesn't mean you've got it all together, but it's it's meaning you've made that decision. I want Jesus to be my leader, to be my Lord, to be my boss, to be my savior, to be the one who leads the rest of my life. It's that pledge of a clear conscience toward God. All right, let's go to the third question. Who should be baptized? And here's the answer to that question. We're going to get the answer, and then we're going to look at a couple of passages of Scripture that I believe reinforces that answer. Who should be baptized? Anyone who believes in Jesus. Anyone who has decided to believe and to follow Jesus Needs to be baptized. Now, let's look at two different scriptures here. One is in Acts chapter 2, verse 41. This is a little bit later in what we looked at earlier. We looked at Acts 2.38. It was after Peter. I would encourage you to just read the second chapter of Acts. It is an amazing chapter in the Bible. It's the day of Pentecost. It's what many consider to be the birth of the church. It's when the Holy Spirit came and dwelt among them. Man, it's just an amazing chapter. But when Peter preached that first gospel message and people came to him and he said, what must we do or "What, what, what must we do to be saved? And he said, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then later on it says this in verse 41, it says, those who accepted his message those who accepted the message that Peter brought were baptized and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. Now, who was considered those who were added to the number that day? Those who were added to the church that day? Those who were baptized. And who was baptized? Those who accepted the message. If you accept the gospel message, It is time. Don't wait till you've got everything in order. Don't wait till you've got everything perfect. That's Jesus's job, okay? He will lead you and guide you and instruct you and comfort you and all of that. Because you you will never feel like you have it all together. You know why? Because we don't. We don't. In the New Testament, those who accepted the message of the gospel were baptized. Now I want to I want to look over to Acts chapter 8. There's a little later in Acts uh, chapter 8. Great book, by the way. I would encourage you to read through the book of Acts. You may, if you if you want a short reading, read Acts chapter 2. If you want a longer reading, read the whole book. And um, if you're if you're a guy, hey, we're just wrapping up. <laughs> we're getting toward the end of the book of Acts in our small group um, study. And it's just been an amazing study as we've gone through the book of Acts. But in Acts chapter 8, verse 12. It says but when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ they were baptized both men and women. Notice there again it's all about Jesus, right? We you can't talk about baptism without talking about Jesus. Not not adequately anyway. <laughs> When they had believed Philip's message, what was his message? It was the good news of the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ. It was the gospel message. And what was their response? They didn't hold their hand up. They didn't say the sinner's prayer, as far as we know. But it does say that they were baptized. What signified their decision that they believed the message? It was their baptism. They decided because they believed the message that they needed to be baptized into Jesus. So who should be baptized? Anyone who believes in Jesus and has accepted his message. Now, here's our last question of the day. When should I be baptized? When should I be baptized? We're going to look at those same two verses because I believe they answer that same question. When should I be baptized? Let's look at Acts 2.41. Those who accepted his message were baptized. And about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That day, on the spot, man. There are no delayed baptisms in the New Testament. The only delay we see surrounding baptism is when they did not have a body of water to be immersed in. And as soon as they found some, it happened. It took place. (laughs) It's kind of it's kind of odd that we schedule baptisms to be honest with you because they didn't do that in the New Testament. When someone accepted the message of the gospel, they were baptized. Again, let's look at Acts 8:12. I think we see the same thing there in that passage. But when they believed Philip as he proclaimed the good news of the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized. When were they baptized? When they believed. When they believed the gospel, they were baptized, both men and women. It was for everybody, everybody who believed. What about little babies? Little babies aren't there. They're not able to make a decision to believe. In my humble opinion, I believe that those that die before they're able to make a conscious decision go to heaven. Okay? That's, that's my humble opinion because everywhere in the new testament when we read about baptism it's as a response to the gospel it's not it's not something done against your will or oblivious to your will it's somebody that made the decision hey i believe this message and i want to be baptized when did they believe as philip proclaimed the good news to them and when were they baptized when they believed, okay? So there's that, those four questions. I hope this helps to clear some of this up. Again, I wanna look at this passage. I think this is a significant passage so much for this subject. 1 Peter 3, 20 and 21. To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved Through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Notice that connection there. Not the removal of dirt from the body. It's not about a ritualistic cleansing. What is it then? It's the pledge of a clear conscience toward God. And it saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If there is no resurrection, there is no meaning to baptism. It is not a ritualistic cleaning, there is no power. In that water, there's nothing magical about that water. It's just water. It doesn't have to be prayed over or anything like that. It's just water. But it's the decision that's made in that. It's the decision behind that that carries significance, and it's the decision to follow the resurrected Jesus. He died on the cross for our sins water did not die for our sins. No pool of water, no lake, no ocean, none of that died for sins. Jesus died for our sins. That is where the power of salvation comes from. Not in the water, not in our faith, not in not in any of this other stuff. It's in the resurrection of Jesus. That's what gives all these other things meaning. Especially baptism. Hey guys, let me play this, this video. It's Francis Chan. He gives a short explanation of this passage of scripture. Maybe he can explain it better than I can, but this, this is so good. I had to share this with you.
1: Now, does baptism save you? If you have your Bibles, turn to first Peter chapter three. Uh, I'll just answer it biblically even though I just feel like why is it even a question you know just do it and you don't have to worry about it <laughs> you know that's, that's my philosophy um, but let's look at it biblically first peter chapter 3 first peter 3 and uh we'll start in uh like verse 20ish first peter chapter 3 Verse 20, I know it's the middle of a sentence, but who disobeyed long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it, only a few people, eight in all, were saved through water. And this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a good conscience toward God. Okay, so he says here, he says, now this baptism saves you. He does say that. But right after he makes that statement, he clarifies. He goes, he goes, not, I don't mean that the the literal water that removes the dirt from your flesh, you know, that physical thing that's going on. He goes, I'm not talking about that. He goes, baptism does save you. Baptism saves you. He goes, but it's not the physical water taking the, the dirt off of your body. He says, but it's this pledge to God that you're making at that time. It's this pledge to God for a pure or clean conscience or a good conscience. Other translations say it's this appeal to God for a clean conscience. This is calling out to God. See, your baptism was supposed to be the time that you pledged yourself to Jesus Christ. And it uses the example, the illustration of Noah's Ark. He says it's just like Noah's Ark. He says, you know, when the wrath of God came, there were eight people that were saved and they were saved by climbing into the ark, okay? They were saved by going into the ark. See, that's a picture of baptism. A baptism is this idea of I am climbing into the ark that God has provided. And that ark is Jesus Christ. I am going inside of him. I am, you, you know, baptized into Christ, as Romans describes. We're going into Christ. We're going into his salvation, into his sacrifice, into everything he's done for us. And that's why baptism, it says that when you're, you're, you're baptized, you're you're being buried with Christ and just like Christ rose from the grave you're rising again to a new life it's it's you going into the ark but but it's different it's you going into Jesus now the baptism the actual physical act of the water you know cleaning off the dirt from your skin that's not what saves you but it says what saves you is this appeal you're making at that time it's this public confession that you're making at that time that you know what I am buying into Jesus Christ I am going all into him I'm climbing into him as the ark of my salvation he goes that's what saves you and that's what baptism represents and so Understand that God has prescribed in scripture a method by which we confess to him and to everyone else around us that we are going into Jesus Christ, that we have accepted everything that's about him and we are being baptized into him. We're climbing into the ark of the accomplished work of Jesus Christ. See, God never says in there that if you want to follow me raise your hand, walk down an aisle, pray a prayer. What he prescribed is, repent, be baptized. That's your calling out. That is your confession um, for a clear conscience. And he says, and then you'll be filled with the Holy Spirit.
0: So why does the church baptize? I hope we have answered that question this morning because it's a biblical example to follow because it has such a tight connection with salvation and with faith and with the decision and with Jesus. That's why we baptize, because it has such meaning. It has such significance. And to ignore it is to ignore the teachings of the Bible. And so baptism we could do a whole series on baptism and and still only be scratching the surface but i i hope that i have answered some of those questions for you today that you may have about baptism and you may be asking the question okay now what you may be asking the question like they did in Acts chapter 2 what do we do now about this well we're going to have a time for that all right we're going to have one more song and at the end of the song i'm going to come back on here And we're going to offer an invitation. So please hang on and we're going to address that. Hey, guys, after this message, some of you may have some questions about baptism. I just want to let you know that I am open to any discussions or questions that you need answered. You can email me or text me. It's coming across the bottom of the screen. Tommy L at GCC.com. church.net some of you may want to make that decision now to be baptized and i if you haven't been baptized i pray that you do make that decision now if you've been baptized as a baby or as an infant or if you were so young that you don't remember making that decision yourself my encouragement to you from what i understand from the bible is that i would do that again I wouldn't go ahead and make that decision to be baptized because then you know, it's your decision. Not that, not that your other baptism was wrong. There's nothing sinful about that. It's just, and and if you use it as more of a, of the parents kind of devoting and committing to raise their child in a godly home, that's one thing. But baptism as we read about in the new Testament is a conscious decision made by an individual to follow Jesus. So if you want to make that decision today, please get in touch with me. But this is a significant decision. And I would encourage you, if you have not made that decision, I encourage you to make it today. And if not today, as soon as you can.